0: this is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hiya and welcome to this week's podcast where I'm talking about things dog trainers need to know about pitching to the press and about approaching journalists. So I have decided to put this podcast out and recording it on the 15th of February, 2023. And it's because there has been a lot of discussion on social media about dog trainers in the media um, being quoted in articles um, and different opinions and different opinions about the press and lots of other things. Um, so I thought I'd record a podcast on it, sharing nine things dog trainers need to know if they're thinking of approaching journalists. So I'm going to start off with just giving a little bit of an overview about the situation when it comes to dog trainers. And I'm talking about dog trainers specifically here, but it's the same if you're a dog groomer, a cat groomer, who whatever you do in your service-based business, this uh, information is going to be be the same for you um i'm talking about dog trainers because things have erupted a little bit over the last few weeks so that's why i decided to cover this topic so this podcast is for you if you are sick of seeing the same old dog trainers Spartan advice in the media and you want a slice of the action now i know it can be frustrating seeing the same names crop up over and over particularly if they feel you use met- they use methods that are out of date um They might be aversive or they might use methods that leave pet owners feeling stressed and upset because it's not the way that they want to train their dog. I know this happens so, so much and I know how frustrating it is. Now, please remember, I am not a dog trainer. I'm a journalist and I help people get press coverage, particularly I work with a lot of dog trainers and I help them to get press coverage. So I don't know anything more about dog training than the average dog owner. So I'm not going to talk about dog training in this podcast. But what I'm talking about here is the frustration that people feel with the media and it's either frustration about the way um, the same names appear in the media all the time or frustration about the way that dog training is presented in the media or frustration that they're not heard or frustration about loads of different things. That's what I'm going to cover. Um, So if that's you, if you're feeling fed up about the situation, there is something you can do about it. You can go and pitch to the press yourself. And I really would encourage you to do this. I've worked with hundreds of dog trainers over the years and helped them put their advice into the media, reaching millions of dog owners all over the world. So if you would like to chat about working together and you're a dog trainer and you'd like to work on this, I will put a link to book a call with me in the show notes for this episode. Come and book a call with me, have a chat, send me a message. My email is rachel at uk. Come and find me on social media at uk, and let's have a chat about this because I do want to help you. I do want to support you. So in this podcast, I'm going to go through nine things you need to know if you want to make it happen, you want to get press coverage. I will also put links in the show notes for this episode for my press release template that is a free resource you can go and use if you want to write a press release and also my five steps to get your pet business in the press guide. That takes you through five really simple steps how to on how to get press coverage from deciding where you want to pitch to, coming up with the story idea, finding the right journalist, putting a pitch together, sending it off and getting published. So I'll put all of those free resources in the show notes and you can go and grab them if you want to. But let's go into the nine Things dog trainers need to know when it comes to working with journalists pitching to the press the first one i cannot stress enough is that journalists want to hear from you so let's think about it like in the uk which is where most of my um my um, clients and community are but there are people worldwide as well but definitely in the uk i can give you the stats for here One in three homes has a dog. We love talking about them. We love hanging out with them. We love reading about them. We love learning about them. We love telling people about our dogs. We love our dogs. So you're at an advantage because the journalist wants to hear from you. And if you've got an interesting viewpoint or story to share as a dog trainer, then they are going to bite your hand off. Okay, So, you know, if you had a slightly less interesting business, you're not going to have the opportunities that you have as a dog trainer to pitch to the press. But you're in a really, really strong position because people love writing about dogs. Journalists love writing about dogs. Every time you look at a newspaper, magazine, you listen to a TV, uh, watch a TV show or the radio, you hear about dogs all the time. So you're in a really good position. The kind of things um, that I'm going to go through, the kind of things that journalists like to write about in a moment, just to give you a little bit of an overview. But the second thing that you need to know if you are a dog trainer and you want to get press coverage is that you need to have a story. Okay, you can't just get in touch with a journalist and say, write about me or you need to write about me or you need to write about, you know, force free dog training or whatever. You've got to give them an angle and a story. But it's really easy to come up with one. So I work with loads of dog trainers on hundreds probably thousands of stories over the last few years and um, the kind of things that work really well are you know client transformations um inspiring animals um, if you've worked with a dog maybe that um it's an overseas rescue and they can, they've come to you with lots of challenges and then they've had an amazing transformation that works really really well expert comment talking about all kinds of different things whether it is you know keeping your dog safe when you're on holiday, whether it's, um, you know, the rise in anxiety in dogs. We've got Pet Anxiety Awareness Month happening in March. So you could talk about, um, you know, why dogs are anxious, how to spot the signs as an expert. You can respond to stories in the news. So if they're like, one of my, um, one of the ladies I work with is Debbie Luckin from Kids Around Dogs. She works with children and families. She responds um quite regularly to um, news stories about when unfortunately children have been bitten by dogs that's her area of expertise so she will respond to those news stories you can take on an awareness day and you can make it your own got dogs in yellow day coming up on the 20th of March so you could put together something around um, you know, why dogs wear yellow how to support anxious dogs Um, you could talk about don't walk your dog day that's happening on the 2nd of april it's nikki french's day but you can work on it if you're a dog trainer just because it's nikki's day doesn't mean to say that other people can't use it if they want to so you can talk about why you wouldn't walk your dog um, and the different circumstances you can share your own journey as a dog trainer maybe you left a corporate background maybe you left a really different career to become a dog trainer that can be newsworthy you can share opinion pieces as well so they are just a few different story ideas Um, I've got loads of podcasts on story ideas, which you can go and have a look through and I will link to in this episode. So that's number two. That's the second thing. You need to have a story. The third thing you need to be and you need to know if you are pitching to the press is you need to be charming. Right. Ready. I'm going to put my tin hat on now. um, But there is a reason why Graham Hall, the dog father, is in the paper on the TV, on the radio, and in magazines. And it's not just because he's got loads of money and a big PR team behind him. It is because he is charming, okay? However you feel about his methods, and that's not what I'm here to discuss in this podcast episode, I'm not a dog trainer, remember, he is charming. People love him. People who are ordinary dog owners, they love him. He is, you know, he's got a lovely manner about him. He comes across well, he explains things in simple terms, he's warm and friendly, he's really positive on social media, he does not become embroiled in spats and dramas on social media, he is charm personified. I'm going to share a little story about Graham Hall. A few years ago, I interviewed him. Um, I was working on a shift for a newspaper and I interviewed him. And I think it might have been because he, he was going on tour or something like that. Anyway, I interviewed him. It was set up by a PR and I was working for a newspaper at the time. And... Um, What happens when you interview somebody is, you know, sometimes it'll be face to face. This was over the phone. I think it might have been during lockdown. So I get given his phone number by the PR company and given a time to ring him. So I ring him up and say, oh, hi, Graham, it's Rachel. Um, I'm here to interview you. It was settled by Colette, the PR girl. and, And straight away, he says, oh, hi, Rachel, how are you? How's Patch? And I was like, Um, we're really good thank you and he'd taken the time to go and find out about me find out about my dog he knew what breed he was he knew he was a little terrier he was black and white now that is that's a blooming good bedside manner isn't it so whatever you think about graham hall he's he's doing what he's doing and he's everywhere because he's charming so do embrace a little bit of that um if you are wanting to work on getting press coverage So that's number three. The fourth thing you need to know if you're going to be pitching to the press is you are talking to dog owners, not other dog trainers. So imagine the most clueless dog owner you have ever encountered, and that is who you need to be speaking to. You're going to feel like you're dumbing things down, like the weeks, the months, the years of studying you've put into being a dog trainer aren't in the least bit obvious when you listen to the interview or you read back the story. And this is a good thing, okay? You have to speak in the language of the owners, not your fellow pet professionals. And if you don't get this, if you don't do this, then your pictures are going to be ignored. Because the journalist is probably going to be like the most clueless dog owner that you've ever met. They're not going to know all the things that you know. So if you are pitching at a level for pet professionals, you're not going to get these stories picked up, okay? You have to speak in their language. If you do... um, Decide that you're writing for other pet professionals, other dog trainers. Anything you do submit is unlikely to be published because it's not going to be easily understood by the man, woman, or person on the street. We've got to be writing for the average person on the street. So, the fifth thing that you need to know if you're going to be pitching to the press is that other pet professionals will have a pop at you. Now, I'm recording this podcast and um, something happened this week. I'm not going to name the trainer. Um, He's a lovely guy and I'm going to speak to him, I hope, um, in future about. Working with the press because he does it really well, um, but there was a story that came out this week um where other dog trainers took exception to what had been written. It wasn't what the dog trainer had said; it was how it had been, the headlines that had been written. Talk, I'll talk more about those in a moment, um, and how it had been edited. And unfortunately, you know, I saw this this guy, really nice guy, and he was apologising, um, and it's, that made me feel sad because I think he he's putting good information out there. He shouldn't be made to apologise. You know, it's not an advert, it's an article, and, you know, I don't want to see people being made to feel like crap. Um, so, point number five is that other pet professionals is likely will have a pop at you. So, be prepared for this. Other people, often those who don't have the gumption to put their head above the parapet and go and step away from social media and go and approach the press, will probably have a go at you. They will nitpick over the tiniest word or headline. They might even say you don't know what you're talking about, or they might say, "Why have you been chosen to be in this article, or be on this radio show, or be in on this TV program, or whatever?" Because because it's not them, okay? So expect this. If you expect it, then you know if if it doesn't happen, you're going to be pleasantly surprised, aren't you? My feeling is, expect it and ignore them. I've spoken to a lot of pet professionals over here who've so had a right kicking from other pet professionals because of stuff they put out there, and. As Brené Brown, one of my favourite people, says, If you're not in the arena getting your ass kicked on occasion, I'm not interested or open to your feedback. There are a million cheap seats in the world filled with people who will never be brave with their own lives, but will spend every ounce of energy they have hurling advice and judgment at those of us trying to dare greatly." The only contributions, their only contributions are criticism, cynicism and fear mongering. If you're criticising from a place where you're not also putting yourself on the line, I'm not interested in your feedback. So great quote there from Brené Brown. That's my thoughts on the people who might have a pop at you. So the sixth thing you need to know that I really want you to know, if you're thinking about working with journalists, is please don't cut off those newspapers so those newspapers are the newspapers people love to hate now this can be this could be like your local magazine or your local paper I've had people direct message me on Facebook or you know in on email and say I really want to do something with my local paper but some people don't like it and some people think it's a bit rubbish and blah 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 and I just think oh gosh like what why like why do we let other people's opinions stop us from doing what we want to do So the newspapers people love to hate could be your local paper or local magazine, but actually it reaches tens of thousands of people. It's usually, you know, the sun, the Mail, the mirror. They are read by dog owners all over the world who need support. They might not be able to afford to have a dog trainer. They might not be able to afford to um, go to classes or have one-to-ones. So actually, the advice that you're giving them is really helping their dog. And if you're saying, I don't want to work with those newspapers that's okay but if you don't pitch to them other trainers will and it will often be other trainers who might not share your methods or use methods that you wouldn't use so by cutting off those newspapers you're basically the message i feel that you're sending out to millions of well-meaning dog owners who are looking for answers who are looking for support is that you don't care about them so i feel that I know if you're listening to this podcast and you've got this far, then you care more about supporting dog owners than you do, I hope, the snobby opinions of others. So please, please, if you are seeing other people being snooty and snobby about those newspapers or those outlets, that's fine. But let's just think about the readers who might not be able to afford to pay for expert help and classes and one-to-ones and all of those things. And actually, if you put something out there that's accessible for them that could really make a difference for them and their dog. So let's think about the dog owners, not the other snobby people who are going to have a pop at yeah. you. If you've got something, let's say, you know, obviously we've got The Sun and um, people, um, you know, and I know people don't buy The Sun from Liverpool. My family are from Liverpool. I completely understand. There are certain newspapers that people really do have a strong feeling against. But please, please. Please, please, just think about actually the owners. And unless you really, really have got something, something you feel very passionately about that makes it absolutely wrong for you to deal with those publications, just consider what I've just said there. Okay. so the seventh thing that you need to know if you're working with journalists is this. You can clarify important or complicated points. So, you've sent off an idea, the journalist wants a story, so that's brilliant. First of all, prepare the key points you want to get across before you send your pitch. I would say normally two or three points, okay? Now, what might happen is the journalist might ring you as soon as they get your email. So, if you have got your three key points prepared, written down in front of you, so you're ready to go through them, it's going to make the interview go much more smoothly. You have the conversation on the phone, they go off and write the story, and you have given them the important things, um, and they're going to be clear in your mind, and they're going to be clear in the journalist's mind, okay? If you've discussed something complex or controversial, it's okay to send an email afterwards clarifying your exact take on this, okay? So you can send an email afterwards and just say, okay, I talked about this particular thing, I just wanted to give you some, some bullet points just to outline exactly what I meant, hope this is okay? if you have the, like, like I say, if the journalist has the information in front of them in black and white, they're going to use it. They want to get it right. They don't want to get things wrong. Okay. So you can clarify important and complicated points. In some instances, you will get a read back, but not always. So I would send over your important or complicated points afterwards. Okay. So you've got that clarification. So that's point number seven, point number eight, the eighth thing that I want you to know, if you're thinking of pitching to the press, And this is a big one. You can't dictate what the headline will be. okay? unless you are able to pay thousands or even tens of thousands of pounds to take out an advert or pay for sponsored content, you can't tell the journalist what to put in the headline. They may use words like aggressive or dominant. Aggressive, particularly aggressive is is a word that most people understand the meaning of. If a dog is barking, that is showing signs of aggression. So they may use that word. okay? even if you haven't said it, it may go into the headline. You can't control this. They, The journalist who interviews you will write the story and then most likely it's passed on to sub-editors, so a different person who will write the headline and lay out the page or lay it out online. What they, the sub-editor, writes is out of your control. The headline may look clickbaity, and that's because they want people to click on it. Okay, so unless it's highly inaccurate or defamatory, it's probably going to be the case that you are going to have to suck it up. And when people say, oh, it's clickbaity," oh, it's just clickbait, well, if you've given a story to a journalist, you don't want people to read it in the first place. You want people to read what you've got to say. So you should welcome a clever headline that gets people clicking and gets people talking. So one of my clients, Nikki, um, I will link to her in the show notes for this episode, but Nikki from Pup Talk, she wrote um, a book called Stop Walking Your Dog, and she did a one article, one interview, um, this time last year, about um, don't walk your dog day it's happening again happening again on the 2nd of april and it went viral and there was loads of clickbaity headlines but it it got people talking about a book and it got people talking about the topic that she's really passionate about so yes nikki saw some of the headlines and thought oh that's a little bit different to what i said but she just cracked on anyway because it got her message out there it got the things she feels so passionately about out there it helped her sell a book it helped her raise awareness of the fact that you don't need to walk your dog every day. So, please welcome a clever headline that gets people talking and gets people clicking. Then the final thing, thing number 9 that I want to share with you, is that being in the press is a good thing for you, okay? Unless it's a court report or you've had a training disaster or an animal that's been lost or stolen or injured, if you're in the press, it's going to be good for you, okay? You're going to get hundreds, thousands hundreds of thousands or even millions of eyes on you and your business. You're going to raise your profile, you're going to stand out as an expert, you're going to boost your visibility, you're going to improve the SEO of your website, and so many opportunities will come your way because you have been in the press. So, you know, it's about being a flamingo in a flock of pigeons. Most dog trainers don't pitch to the press. Most dog trainers work on social media where, you know, your post might get seen by you know, a few hundred, a few thousand, sometimes tens of thousands if you have a really, really successful post. So if you go and pitch to the press, you're really going to stand out and lots of great things are going to come from it. So as I've said, if you'd like to work on this, you can come and work with me one-to-one. You can work with me one-to-one for 90 minutes. You can work with me long-term one-to-one if you want to. As I've said, I've helped hundreds of dog trainers get press coverage, thousands of piece, pieces of press, press coverage, um, which, you know, You'll find all over my website if you want to. Just send me a message, rachel at publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk if you want to get in touch, or find me on social media at rachel Spencer UK, or come and find me in my Facebook group, Publicity for Pet Businesses Community. So this is a place where you can come in, ask questions, get advice, and see examples of other people who are doing really well at getting press coverage in their So I hope you found this podcast episode helpful. I hope thinking about the nine things you need to know if you're a dog trainer and you're thinking about working with journalists has given you lots of food for thought. Do let me know if you would like any further support with this. I'm going to link to different interviews I've done with other dog trainers in the show notes for this episode so you can go and see how they've worked with the press and how it's helped them. And get inspired really and just think that this is something that's really going to help your business. It's not out of your reach. And it's absolutely something you can go and do. Journalists aren't scary. You just need to give them what they need to work with. And yeah, and by being in the press, it really is going to help you reach people, make an impact, make a difference. So I hope you have found this episode helpful. Um, As always, I love to hear your thoughts on it. And I will look forward to seeing you next week with another episode of the podcast where I'm going to be chatting to Sarah Mills from Albie's Boutique about her pet business journey. See you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.